Welcome to the Building Confidence podcast brought to you by KPMG, where we explore how reform can create deserved confidence in governance, corporate reporting and audit. I'm Michelle Hinchliffe and I'm your host for today. In this episode, we'll be talking about a proposal in the base consultation, which to date has not received as much attention as certainly I believe it deserves. And that is the introduction of a new resilience statement to provide more information about the resilience of a company. And to discuss this topic, I'm delighted to be joined by Charles Tilly. Charles is the CEO of the International Integrated Reporting Council, where he leads the drive towards a holistic corporate reporting system. Now, recently, the IIRC and the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board have announced they're planning to merge which really is a significant development towards building a comprehensive system of corporate reporting, whereby integrated reporting and sustainability disclosures have the same level of rigor as financial accounting and disclosure. Charles, thank you for joining me today. It's a pleasure, very good to be with you. So Charles, perhaps as a starting point, it would be helpful if you could provide a brief overview of the business resilience proposals um, and perhaps also your initial thoughts on them. Thank you, Michelle. And, and obviously, these proposals form part of a much wider set of pro- proposals in the context of the overall base consultation, uh, with um, those proposals coming from the, the reports of Kingman, the CMA uh, report, and the Bryden report. The, um, the, 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 the proposals for a resilience statement are really fall into three elements. The, the first element being addressing the, um, the, the short-term future of the organization, which is going to be covered by the existing going concern statement disclosures. Um, and then the uh, medium term being covered by the existing viability statement. Uh, but here, uh, some quite important changes. Firstly, um, that the, uh, uh, the, the assessment is for a period of five years uh, and, um, and then uh, the need for at least two reverse uh, set stress testing scenarios, which I think is going to be new to most businesses. It's something that's been um, banks have been doing for a long time, but new to them. And then um, also a requirement in this medium term to cover further specific disclosures and those are around threats to the liquidity and solvency of the business, really major disruptive events, uh, supply chain resilience, and in particular, key dependencies, digital security risk, uh, and, um, and, and then business investment needs of the company to remain productive and viable, uh, sustainability of the company's dividend and wider distribution policy, climate change risk, um, and so really a, a quite a, a lot more being specifically required from the company in terms of those, uh, the medium term and what is currently in the viability statement. And then the content of the long term section is uh, not being prescribed. Um, it's really therefore what are seen to be the, med- the main long term challenges uh, of the company in the context of its uh, its business model, um, and in that context, um, those changes are going to be in context of things like demographic, technology, consumer preferences, uh, identified trends, and so forth. 
So it's a um, the, the 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 changes are really quite significant, particularly the the uh, going out in terms of long term, but also the 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 additional prescription of the um, the medium term view. Um, in terms of you know my thoughts on that, I, I mean ultimately this is all about good governance. Um, this is you know. Does the organisation have a clear understanding of how it's creating value through its business model today, and then how that could potentially change uh, in the future? And and the drivers of that change are particularly going to be from the external environment. Um, and then the need for the triangulation through uh, issues such as the reverse stress testing. Um, so it it just it it. It feels like what a good company would be doing uh, in any event. Brilliant. Look, thank you, thank you, Dad. Now, there's quite a lot in there in those requirements, as you've help, helpfully summarised. So maybe if we can unpack a few of those. Um, you mentioned that uh, certainly for the for the medium term, for the for the viability, um, the proposals are quite specific in a number of areas, whereas previously actually for going concern and viability statements, it largely was left to the company's discretion. And unfortunately, uh, one of the criticisms, certainly of viability statements, they became a little bit boilerplate. Yeah. So uh, in your ex experience and, and thinking about uh, the features of a business model that most typically give rise to business resilience issues, are there any in there that you really think that the company should be focusing on more than perhaps uh, others? I, I mean, I think that the, the starting point is that every business, they say they're unique, and actually every business is unique in terms of how, you know, it, it, it is creating value for itself, but also for all of its key stakeholders, all of its key relationships. So I, uh, to me, the, the starting point is that genuine understanding uh, of the business model. And, and there are... There are a variety of elements there, I think, Michelle. And the, you know, the first is um, your 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 business model today. How actually is it that you are creating value for your existing customers, your employees, um, society at large, and how is that then creating uh, value for the business itself? And understanding the business model in that way, you know, is I think something which uh, every board should uh, really have a very clear focus upon, and, uh, and, 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 and and therefore it can then focus upon what's really important to it. So, you know, why why would uh, you know one supermarket chain uh, be what's it, what's its difference to another supermarket chain? How are they making? How are they both able to make money? So is, is it the dependence on specific relationships? Is it the dependence upon um, their, uh, their, their, their logistics? What is it that's really important and which then is critical to the success of the organization and that, and, and that addresses the, the risks that it's going to, or on, on which they then need to think about the risks 
risks to its future resilience. So that would be the first thing. You really understand your current business model. The, the second thing is that you know, the business model today is then going to change over time. And it's going to change tomorrow and it's going to change over the length of the business cycle of that particular business. So if I take um, the, back to the retail chain, you know, if, if Sainsbury's uh, uh, have, um, uh, are, are, sorry, if, if little are changing its prices today, Sainsbury's may well want to change its prices today or tomorrow. So your business model is incredibly dynamic. And, and, and having the, you know, the, having the, the data and the information to, to address that is going to be really, uh, really important. And then, um, the, uh, the, 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 the other aspect of the change of the business model is what's happening in the external environment. Do you really, do, do, does one really have the information uh, and knowledge to look at that? So, you know, one, of, one which I, to me um, is, a, is a favorite would be Blockbuster. And, you know, you had, that, you know, had a, a business which was really successful hiring out uh, videos and and then you know along came uh, the the ability just to be able to download those same films. Now it, it may well be that Blockbuster just couldn't afford to actually move into that uh, that business. I don't know, but the the fact is having an understanding of of technological change or you know or, or change of, of customer behaviours, whatever it might be. You've got to have that external knowledge as well. So those, it's it's the it, it, it's it's uh, it, it's the knowing how you're running your business successfully today, and then making sure that you can guard against that for the future. I think is the is the key issue. And my God, the challenge I think is: have you really got the right data and information? Which is just every business struggles with that, even the very best. Mm. And, and Charles, not only having the right data and information, but how do you um, convey this? How do you put this in writing in a very succinct manner? Because one of the current challenges around uh, corporate reporting is that there is too much information in there. People struggle to un understand this. Now, you know, listening to everything you've articulated, I'm, I'm envisaging quite lengthy business resilience statements. So do, do you... Is is there a, is there a way to condense this? Is this going to be challenging for companies because you've articulated quite a lot of information, additional information going into um, an annual report? Well, I've articulated what happens within the company, how it is then communicated. Uh, I, I think is is um, is is, a, is a set, if you like a separate issue. The the information in the uh, the, how it's dealt with in the company, the better it's done in the company, the easier it's going to be to report, I suspect. Um, and, and in that, in the, so the clarity of the communication of the business model is something which is going to be referenced elsewhere in, in a company's strategic report. Um, and it, 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 the, the, uh, the, 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 the principal risks uh, are going to be uh, addressed in the, in elsewhere in the strategic report. 
So I think it's more about describing the processes the board has gone through uh, and that is going to actually be what's going to be in that resilient statement, including uh, obviously the, the, the actual specific scenarios and the assumptions for that. And all of that, yes, it will be quite challenging. Um, but uh, my, my view would be these are things which good companies are doing anyway. And, and they are things which will really help any company in terms of delivering on its purpose and its long-term success. Okay. One of the other, one of the other things you mentioned, Charles, was um, for a, 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 I guess a company to be able to clearly articulate how it cr creates uh, value, um, how you distinguish perhaps one competitor from another. Now, I have heard a, a number of um, stakeholders comment that you know this is commercially sensitive information. Therefore, it's entirely inappropriate to be including information like this in a. a, a uh, annual report or any other public document. What what would be your response to that? Well, I think, I, 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 in general, I, my experience in, in, in business, and it's been a long time, is um, that the, it's not the strategy so much as the implementation of the strategy, which is the real challenge, the leadership. Um, so, um, yes, of course there are, truly confidential issues. I mean, everybody would tell you that the recipe for Coca-Cola is truly confidential. And so that's, you know, that's going to be kept. And there's no, you're not going to see, suddenly see that referenced in a strategic report, a resilient statement, whatever. But it is a, um, it's, a, it, 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 but the, but, you know, saying, um, talking about how you are running your business, what the, what the issues are out there, potential risks to your business, and how you're going to address those. You know, don't tell me that, let's, let's compare Unilever and uh, Procter & Gamble. I mean, you know, I would imagine that Unilever knows everything about Procter & Gamble and vice versa. These are not, the, 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 the success is going to be in the implementation and the quality of the governance, the quality of the management, the quality of the information to take those decisions. So I wouldn't get too hung up about um, confidentiality. Okay. Let me come back to something else you mentioned a little bit earlier, reverse stress testing. Uh, as you mentioned in the proposal, uh, it includes uh, that the companies include at least two reverse stress testing scenarios. Now, while reverse stress testing is familiar, I think, within financial services, something that certainly that the prudential regulator has required, I suspect for many people, this is not a familiar concept. So could you briefly explain what, what the, the reverse stress test is and how you envis will companies be able to do it? As, you, as I said, I think it will be foreign to many companies. Well, I think, you know, we're getting more and more to the point where companies are setting out what they're purposes um, and, 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 have an, and have a vision for what they want to achieve. And it, the, uh, the purpose of the reverse stress testing is saying, this is what we want to achieve and now we're going to work backwards to see whether that is actually realistic, that you can achieve that. Um, so what it's doing is testing your assumptions and the realist and how realistic those assumptions are, which I think is a is a real again is a really useful thing, and is useful not just in terms of saying 
can I achieve this? But it's also going to then be useful in terms of deciding how you allocate your resources and how um, and whether you can actually afford to go down a particular strategic route. Okay. So, so we've got, I guess, the concept now of a business resilience statement. Um, you've helpfully set out what is included, uh, the need to, we've covered the need to do reverse stress testing. One of the other requirements is around material uncertainties. And the proposals require companies to disclose any ma material uncertainties that exist before the introduction of mitigating actions. Now, again, this is uh, something which has had uh, been the subject of some debate uh, because it may provide users with more information on the downside risks, but it may also give an unbalanced view as to whether or not that scenario is likely to occur. So your thoughts on the requirement to set out these uncertainties uh, before mitigating actions uh, would be helpful to know. Well, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm right in saying that quite a few companies already do do that. They produce those charts which have, you know, the risk, uh, the unmitigated risk, and then the, the mitigated risk. So I think I don't think I don't think it's completely uh, unheard of for uh, this to be already being being done. Um, I, I mean. The challenge with everything and, and, and some of the you know areas where you've just challenged me, Michelle, in terms of, of um, uh, the, how people tell these stories and so forth, is that actually doing good reporting is difficult um, and is something you need to you know take a, a great deal of care about. This is your story about how you are telling how you're running this business and how, in the case of the resilience statement. Um, you know, your company is in a good in a good shape for the foreseeable future. So, um, the the risk that you talk about, no pun intended, that the um, uh, that there is then going to be the possibility that people have too much focus on the downside. I think is a you know is a is something which companies are going to have to be really cognizant of, and uh, and, and and have a focus upon whether that's um, how they can address that point. It, it, it is, because if you don't, I mean, it seems to me that when you talk about any risk, um, you're always wanting to make sure that you are clear about the mitigations. Um, so it, to a large extent, you know, this is only going one stage further and saying you're not just reporting the risk and the mitigations, you're actually explaining why the mitigating risk, why the risk has gone from A to B. And I think that's quite useful. Okay. So so maybe just turning to another area of the proposals, which is the suggestion that the TCFD disclosures um, may complement the, uh, the structure of reporting under the new resilience statement. And perhaps going back to what I mentioned earlier, the merger of, of, of your organization, the IIRC and SASB, which is bringing together um, the, the, the corporate reporting and um, the, the various uh, climate disclosures. So do, do you think it's a positive that uh, there's a proposal around these two measures being, or reporting measures being integrated? Uh, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the reason why we are uh, merging the IRC and uh, SASB um, 
which is due to be completed for the 1st of June, is that uh, everybody is saying that the system is too complex and it needs to be simplified and so forth. And, and, a, and a part of that is that at the moment, if you should try to put a chart of the architecture together, you'd have all these different terminologies which people are struggling with, uh, the understanding and the definitions are all slightly different and so forth. So um, bringing, bringing the TCFD uh, 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 in, in structure into the framework into this is really, is, is I think a very good thing. Um, at the IRC, we we were we inputted into um, the uh, into the proposals as they were being developed, uh, and and I see the those proposals, the framework, as an excellent case study on how you uh, how you address one element, one very important element in terms of climate into integrated reporting. So I see that as being a, a po very positive. And the, the structure of TCFD, I think, is, is incredibly business friendly. It's what, it's, I think, how people see organizations operate. It's got the governance, um, uh, including the culture and the ethics and the values. It's got the strategy, including the business model and the outlook, risk management, performance. All of that, you know, is something that any, any person running a business would, would recognize. And then it also has the scenarios in it. It doesn't have reverse stress testing, but it does go into scenarios, which I think is very positive as well. So I would, um, uh, I, I, I think it's a good thing. And I think as a case study and something that we can then widen out into uh, addressing uh, all the elements of value creation, sustainability reporting will be a good thing. So, so, Charles, if I move on maybe now to the scope of the uh, proposals for business resilience statements. And in the consultation, it proposes that they should be required initially for premium listed companies, uh, given that the existing experience of producing viability statements. And then this requirement would extend to other public interest entities two years later. Um, do, do you think this is right? Um, because that will extend the disclosure to uh, companies such as large private large private companies. Um, is this relevant to them? Is this a good idea to extend that disclosure? Well, it, the, the issue really is the definition of public interest. Isn't it? I mean, if, it, if, it's, if they're in the public interest, then it's right to, to extend the disclosure would be my uh, view. Uh, and I also think, um, you know, the, the really large private companies uh, are, you know, particularly if they've been in ownership for a very long time, are probably actually really well-run companies. And I, th I suspect we can learn quite a lot from the way that they are, that they, they really are focusing on, on the long term and meeting their stakeholders' needs and delivering on their purpose. So um, I, don't, I don't have any problem about that. I think the key is that we really are careful about the definition of public interest. Um, and uh, you know, all the way through this, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of comments on the consultation. And actually, I think, by the way, it's really important that business uh, really, uh, not just a few, but everybody gets involved in that consultation uh, and response to the consultation. I think 
the overall direction we're going in here is is good and and, and if there are individual issues which people are going to come up with which would say this needs tweaking, that needs tweaking, then that, that, that's a really good thing to address. Good. So for all of the uh, company directors and audit committee chairs who, who are listening to this, Charles, who have now hopefully got an understanding of what is required in a business resilience statement and perhaps whether or not it will be applicable to them in the first instance or perhaps in two years' time, and they're thinking about how to go about writing the business resilience statement. So what, what, what are your tips? What should, they, uh, what should they be doing and thinking about now? Well, I'm bound to say that they should um, be using the uh, integrated reporting uh, framework concept, not necessarily the framework, you know, following the framework because the strategic report does that very well. But in terms of the principles and concepts, which, which really do underpin uh, good governance, uh, you know, that would be my... Yeah, would be saying, well, uh, yeah, that framework is a useful governance tool. But but in terms of what should they be doing now, um, the, the 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 first is, issue is just thinking about that. You know, are, are they comfortable with the way that they're thinking about their business? And then from from that perspective, how how is the business model going to be impacted? in by the external environment and do they have the data and information to uh, be able to address those issues and think about those in terms of um, short medium and long-term forecasting and therefore their resilience statement um, so that you know and if you like that there's there's enough there in what i've just said i think to uh, to get them started and the um uh, uh, the the uh, uh, being confident, but also you know there are things which are going to be important and there are things which are not. So that whole focus on what's material is going to be really uh, in really important as well. Right, and uh, if we then look at a, I guess a further proposal, Charles, which was around assurance, um, and Bayes agrees. In their proposals, that companies should consider whether the resilience statement is assured, and and make reference to this in their audit and assurance policy. Um, that's probably not surprising that for, for you to hear from me that we think this is uh, that audit has a really important role to play in providing uh, this assurance. It goes back to where we started. It looks at the going concern and the viability of a company. But what what role do you think auditors should play uh, to help enforce effective resilience reporting? Well, I think um, uh, yeah, assurance is regulation and assurance are both really are, are, are both appropriate as long as they're implemented uh, properly and they actually support the capital markets and, and and what we're talking about here is the reputation of, of the UK uh, capital markets in particular. Um, the um, the, 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 I've always found uh, an audit to be an incredibly valuable thing. As a, both as a CEO and a CFO, all a year I was relying on the management information uh, in the, generated by the company. Um, and for one, once a year, for 
to have somebody say, actually, the management information that you've been producing is okay. Um, you know, just gave you that extra piece of confidence uh, in your internal processes and systems. So even, you know, so it's not just from an external point of view that one's looking at, at the value in audit, or at least I've never done as a, say, as a CEO or a CFO. Um, but in, 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 in terms of the external market, you know, the, the, what assurance does is create trust. I mean, we unfortunately have examples where, you know, the, the what a reason uh, audits haven't been done as well as they should have been. But it, it, in general, you know, business is trusted uh, and, and part of that trust is, a lot of that trust is the way they run, but part of that trust is also because of the, the assurance over the information and and the fact that the regulation requires transparency, you know, balanced information, uh, and, and and so forth. So um, I, I I think getting to an assurance perspective is going to be good, um, but it's not going to happen overnight, I suspect. And it needs to be, you know, I would say that companies need to work with uh, their audit firms in terms of how they should be. Uh, how, how it's going to work in terms of, um, you know, is it over the processes? Uh, is it uh, actually over the data itself? Those are those are the sort of issues that are going to have to be addressed. And, and certainly, you know, and I think we're we're probably thinking quite a long way out when one starts thinking about the sustainability reporting elements of of what impacts uh, the resilience state. That, that that's going to be, uh, you know, we, we've got a long way to go in terms of having processes which are similar to those which are relevant to the financial report. Great, thank you, Charles. We're, we're nearly out of time, but I do have one final question for you. And this maybe requires you to, again to do some crystal ball gazing. And if we, but we're going to look forward five or, or maybe even 10 years time. Um, and if you're sitting there and looking back um, over a period now where we have got many um, proposals in the base consultation to look to enhance and improve confidence in corporate reporting, uh, to, to look to enhance the audit profession, deliver confidence, what do you think will be the biggest driver of change which helped build confidence in corporate UK? Well, as I, I, I would go back to the fact that actually I think that Corporate UK is pretty good already and is, is leading the way uh, in, in, in many respects of good governance. And, you know, the way, for instance, this, well, this, actually this consultation is a part of you know, driving it further forward. So I think that's great. I think the, you know, what, what external reporting definitely does do is put a focus upon how you think about how you run your organization. And what I would suggest this is going to do is another uh, element of um, board focus, which for the best companies will mean that nothing changes. Um, but for a lot of companies, it will just, you know, help them think and help them, you know, these, uh, I would always like to think of, Reporting frameworks, uh, governance. If I take the, um, you know, the governance code, uh, the, the requirements here for a, a, um, a resilient statement, they're all tools just to help you govern your organisation better. 
And, 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 and I've always found them extraordinarily helpful as a way of just helping focus. So that's what I would expect to see and hope to see in five years' time. So not very revolutionary, I'm afraid, Michelle, but just, you know, we're continuing on the journey uh, of well-run companies. Sounds like a brilliant place to leave the discussion today, Charles. Thank you so much for your, for your time and sharing your insights on uh, business uh, resilience statements. I know it's something uh, that at the IIRC you've spent a lot of time um, thinking about, actually over many years. And, I, and you know, this really does, as you referred to earlier, align with the proposals that you've been espousing around integrated reporting. So as you said, it's a good place to start to think about what's there. And equally, um, another place to, to perhaps think about uh, looking is KPMG web website, because with Charles and his team's support, we equally have set out some thoughts around what could be included in a business resilience statement. Um, so there is certainly a lot now for company directors to think about. Um, so again, Charles, thank you very much for your time. Uh, in our next episode, I'll be talking to Alan Bowen, who is the Audit Committee Chair at Severstall, uh, and we'll be covering off the Audit and Assurance Policy Statement, which is another of the Bayes recommendations. I do hope you can join me then. Thank you and goodbye for now.